Well, greetings, everybody. Hello. <laughs> I just want to greet those of you who are here in the room at our Bethel campus, but also those of you who are online, my online friends, hello to you, and also to our campuses in Waterbury, New Milford, and Derby. If you are new here today, my name is Brian, and I'm one of the lead pastors. And today, we're continuing on in our sermon series called Bringing Heaven to Earth. We're on a focus on the Holy Spirit. As we're in this theme year called Heaven on Earth, we're learning about how to bring heaven to earth, and that happens through the gift of the Spirit of God. A couple weeks ago, I did a message on who is the Holy Spirit, and then last week, I did a message on what does the Holy Spirit do. If you've missed either one of those, I'd encourage you to go online, check those out, and, and catch up with us. Um, I've, I've heard lots of good feedback on what we're teaching and some things that just the Lord has been doing through those messages, so please tune into them if you've missed any of them. Today, what I want to talk to you about in this whole realm of the Holy Spirit is moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you are, are warm today? Not many, right? Maybe put in the chat like what temperature it is right now where you live. If you're from Texas right now, we don't even want to hear about it, okay? Florida, we don't want to hear about it. Just tell us like negative four or something like that. I've got some friends in Minnesota watching right now. You know, for us to say it's one degrees out, they're like, they don't like us for that because it's a negative 30 there right now. How many of you could use some warmth right now? How many of you could use some power right now? Just a couple days ago, all of a sudden, a transformer blew right outside of our house, and we were without power. We're like, no! Right? My girls were worried about their devices and how much battery life they had them. I was worried about the pipes freezing. A lot of bad things happen when there's no power. Okay? I'm not just talking about electricity anymore. A lot of bad things happen when there's no power. Let this always be a church that has the power of God. Let us be a people that move in the power of God. Do you know that this spirit that we've been talking about is the spirit of God himself that dwells within us. Therefore, the power of God is within us and the power of God should move in and through us each and every day. Man, I want more of the power of God. I want to see heaven come to earth. I love how after Jesus, he dies and he resurrects and he's with his disciples. That's amazing, by the way. That right there is the power of God that he overcame death. He defeated it. It couldn't hold him down. And there he is with his disciples. By the way, Jesus appeared to crowds of people. This is the Lord just saying, look, I did it, <laughs> okay? Don't believe me? I'll go show up in another crowd. Don't believe me? Disciples, I'm gonna touch my side, my hands. Look what the power of God has done. He brings life from death. And here the disciples are asking Jesus this question. Listen in. In Acts chapter one, verses six through nine, this is where I'm gonna camp out today. And so if you want, you can turn there. Acts chapter one, verses six through nine, it says, then they gathered around him, that's the disciples gathering around Jesus, and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They wanted to, listen, you rose from the dead. Surely the biggest plan that you must have is to restore Israel. They, they didn't see the grand 
move of what God was trying to do. He wanted to save the world. (laughs) This is what God was going to do through the power of what he did on the cross, what he accomplished. He was going to save the world. But they were still asking, are you going to correct our little situation? And Jesus says, I said to them, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Jesus really is saying here, listen, stop thinking about that. There's something much bigger at stake. Let me draw your attention to what really matters in this moment. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. This is what I want you to know, disciples. This is what I want you to know, followers of Jesus, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, Jesus' witnesses. Let's talk through this. This is the the form of my message today, is this verse in verse 8 that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses. Let's talk about that first part, that you will receive power. Friends, I believe it's time for us to power up. I believe that it's time for each and every one of us to have a personal Pentecost, that we might be awoken to the things of God, that we might see clearer, that we might operate in the gifts of the Spirit so that the kingdom of God would come. It's time to power up, and you will receive power. You know, my girls, when they were younger, they had this little Jeep, and uh, they loved going around, and it was just one of those little battery-operated one, and, and Bria in particular loved this little Jeep. She'd go outside and drive around the driveway all the time, and that thing just got worn like crazy. But one time, I remember I was in the house, and I heard Bria crying, like screaming out, and as a parent, you know, you rush to that because you think something, you think the worst has happened. Now, I went out there, and there's Bria sitting in her little, little Jeep just crying at the top of her lungs. I go out to her thinking maybe she caught herself in the door or something happened. She looks perfectly fine. Bria, what's wrong? She's like, it won't go. And she's just crying out. It won't go. So the mechanic that I am opened the hood, right? I looked in and the battery wasn't there. It was being charged in the house. Bria, it's not going to go anywhere without the battery, Friends, I think maybe for some of us, we, we've been trying to move in the things of the Lord. We've been trying to step out in faith without the battery, without the power, without this welcoming heart for the Spirit of God in our lives. And it's impossible. You will receive power. I think it's time to, to power up. What is the power of the Holy Spirit? What are we talking about when we're talking about the power of God in our lives? Let me just try to put it in the the simplest form. I think the power of God or the power of the Holy Spirit is the move of God in our life. It's the activity of God in our life. You see, friends, we believe that God is with us through his presence. And when God is present, his power is present as well. And his spirit lives within us. Therefore, we should feel and experience the move of God in our life every single day. 
we should see and experience the activity of God. So how does this happen? How, how do we see, how, how does God move in our lives through the power of the Spirit? What does this actually mean? You know, when some of you hear me talk about the power of God, you might be thinking about a particular thing. You might be thinking about the, the miraculous. You might be thinking of tongues of fire. I don't know what you're thinking, but you might be thinking of, of some particular thing. Well, how does God move through the power of his Spirit? As I was thinking about this, the Lord drew me to music. I've always loved music. And uh, I remember early on saying to my parents that I wanted to play the drums. I was really young. Now listen, parents, when your kid says they want to play the drums, you say, no. No. They're too big, they're too loud. Although that's coming from a parent that has a drum set in their basement right now. So anyway... I wanted to play the drums, and I remember playing the drums for the first time, and, and early on, as a young drummer, I just wanted to hit everything possible as fast as I could hit it, and I wanted to be as loud as possible. But over time, and hopefully I'm still learning this, but I learned that actually the power behind the drums is the dynamics, that there are times to play really soft, and that suits the music. And then there are times to play louder. And then there are other times to not play at all. And there's dynamics in it. I love dynamics in music. I bet if we were to listen to some of the greatest symphonies of all time, you would hear that oftentimes they're loud and oftentimes they're soft. And they play between the two. In fact, there are musical terms to describe those two things. Piano means soft and forte means loud. As I was thinking about this, I thought about how when it's piano, when it's soft, it's still dynamic and it can impact you. But then I thought about when it's forte, it's dynamic and it can impact you. One isn't better than the other. And I thought about the power of God through his Holy Spirit. And it's almost like sometimes he comes and he moves piano. And other times he moves forte. But one isn't more impactful than the other. One doesn't have greater influence. All of, both of them have great influence, great impact in our life. Have you ever had the power of God move piano? Just a whisper from the voice of God to your heart that changed the course of your life? Maybe it was the Lord just expressing directly to you in a personal and intimate way, you are loved you are my son, my daughter. And it came in the piano, but it changed everything about you. Have you ever had that, that whisper of correction, that whisper of direction or guidance where it came in the piano, but it changed your whole entire life? Impactful. Have you ever had a friend come and, and share with you a word of encouragement in the, in the piano, but it changed you forever? God speaks to us in the piano. The power of God comes in the piano, in the softer tones, a gift of his peace in a troubling time. It's impactful. It's influential. A word given to us in a moment of solitude or silence, a directive the Lord has given us. Maybe it's an encouraging word through his, his holy word. Or maybe it was just an inner strength that the Lord gave you for a particular season. 
He came in the piano as you struggled through a health journey, as you struggled through a broken relationship. He came in the piano and he just uplifted your soul to the power of his spirit. But sometimes the Lord speaks in the forte too. (laughs) Have you ever had one of these experiences where you just walk away and you say, that was undeniably God. It's a Damascus Road experience. Think about Paul on his way to Damascus and all of a sudden the Lord comes with a bright light. He's blinded in the moment. And Jesus himself speaks to Paul. Paul eventually turns his life to Jesus and his whole life is changed. And the Lord sometimes speaks to us in the forte by the power of his spirit. He just encounters us. He interrupts us. He pauses what we're doing and he draws attention to himself. And it might come across or feel dramatic because all of a sudden the brakes were put on in your life and God showed up in an undeniable way. Your condition, your condition was dramatically changed. I can remember at one point Becca was dealing with severe shoulder pain. Uh, She couldn't even lift her her arm up uh, like this. And I remember we came to church and she was prayed for. And in an instant, she was healed. Just healed. The pain was gone and she hasn't experienced it to this day. This dramatic, this forte, God saying to her, I am with you. I've got this. Sometimes God comes in the forte. He answers a prayer that you've been praying I remember at one point, Beck and I were talking about me going back to school, um, and we were young at the time. We were just pushing McKenna, our first daughter, in a stroller, and we just sensed that I should go back into school, go to seminary. We're like, all right, Lord, we'll do it, but we were really afraid and nervous because we didn't have the money for it, just did not have the money for it at all. But we sensed the Lord was calling us to it, and so we, we said yes. I registered. Somehow they accepted me. Maybe they overlooked my transcript from college. I'm not sure, but somehow the Lord went before and I got in. We began to take those steps. Becca was doing real estate on the side and one of our friends came and said, hey, would you help us look for a house? They found a house. Becca was paid her commission check. It was the exact payment that I would need for the year and it included books as well. The Lord just came in and said, you're doing the right thing. Here's how I'm going to show you. To the dime, I'm going to show you that I am here and I am with you. Sometimes the Lord, he speaks in the forte. He uses the circumstances of life in a way that points to his presence in an undeniable way. But friends, whether he speaks and moves in a loud motion or a soft dynamic, the Lord moves in and through us in power. He heals us. He restores us. He speaks to us. He transforms us. He breaks the chains of addiction. Can anybody say a a testimony to that? Amen. Amen. He breaks the chains of addiction. He blesses us with the strength to forgive. He blesses us with the strength to love, to step out in faith and serve. 
Much like Moses, he calls us and sends us to important work. Much like Mary, he gives us responsibilities that stretch beyond our understanding and our ability. Much like Nehemiah, he empowers us to lead. Much like Caleb, he gives us the ability to see past the giants. Much like Peter, he emboldens us to share the gospel. Much like Elizabeth, he helps us to see how he is moving. He is a powerful God, and he is with us. You will receive power. But then Jesus goes on, and, and he, he gives us the answer to, when does this power come? You will. I love that. It's a promise. You will receive power. Well, when does this power come? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is where the power comes from. The power comes from the Spirit of God. I was reflecting earlier this week on the life of Gideon. You can find that story in the book of Judges in the early chapters. I was focusing in on chapters 6 and 7. This is where Gideon is, is called. At this point, Gideon is in Israel, and the Israelites are being oppressed by a group of people called the Midianites and the Amalekites. But the Midianites for seven years oppressed the people of Israel. And there's some reasons why that happened. And you can read in the book of Judges about why that was happening. But the Midianites would go in and they would take all of the animal and livestock. They would go and they would take all the crops. And so here in chapter 6 of Judges, we see Gideon. He's harvesting and he's hiding the grain. Gideon at this point in his life is just a farmer and a scared one at that. He's fearful of what's going to happen to his grain, so he's, he's hiding it. This is what the people would do. They'd even bring it up into the mountains and hide it into caves, knowing that the Midianites were going to come and pillage and take everything. And so here is Gideon in this posture of being fearful of those that were attacking him. And also being this, this farmer, he wasn't a military leader. He wasn't a political leader at this point. And all of a sudden, in this moment, an angel of the Lord shows up. And this is what the angel says to Gideon. Mighty hero. <laughs> you got to think Gideon's going, what are you, I think you got the wrong address here, angel of the Lord. Like, what are you talking about, mighty hero? I wouldn't qualify myself as a mighty hero. Here I am, you know, harvesting the grain and hiding it from those that I'm afraid of. Mighty hero, you got the wrong guy. The angel of the Lord explains what God's going to do through Gideon. And then Gideon asks for proof. He's like, hey, listen, here, I need some proof. And then later on he comes back and says, I need some more proof. And Gideon's still this afraid farmer at this point. But then all of a sudden, in Judges chapter 6, verse about 30 or 32, somewhere in there, it says this, that the Holy Spirit came on him. And then all of a sudden, you see a new man. It's almost like the old Gideon's gone and a new Gideon stepped in. God empowered him in that moment. All of a sudden, he blows his horn and he calls the people together the Midianites and Amalekites gather with other people from the east and they're going to come up against the Israelites. And Gideon goes before the Lord and says, Lord, what do you want me to do? He takes all of his troops, about 30,000 of them, to go. And then the Lord says, no, you're not going to need 30,000. Pare it down. He brings it down to 10,000. You're not going to need 10,000. Hey, I got an idea. Just take 300. And Gideon's like, all right, I'll take 300. What happened to the guy 
who was hiding his grain. Here's what happened. The Spirit of God came on him. When the Spirit of God comes on you, everything changes. All of a sudden, there's this courage in Gideon. All of a sudden, there's this belief. If God is with me, who can stand against me? I'll take 300, I'll take 10. As long as I have the Spirit of God on me, God can accomplish it. This power, this this confidence, this assurance, not in himself. Remember, he didn't have it in himself before, but now he has it because the Spirit of God is on him. Friends, you know, you have two options on how to live your life. By willpower or by spirit power. You've got two options on how to live your life, by willpower. I can accomplish this if I put all my energy, all my time, all my willpower, that's how I'm gonna try to get life. And, and what it will lead to is exhaustion, anxiety, hurting others and yourself. Or you can live by the power of the Spirit. Go where the Spirit blows, move in the way the Spirit moves. I'm gonna leave you here Because next week, I want to ask you to come back, and we're going to talk, Pastor Crystal and I, about how to be filled with the Spirit of God. But let me move on in this message. You thought I was done with the message. I'm not done with the message. I misled you. I misled you. I love how Jesus says, you will be filled with power when the Spirit comes on you. And then he says, and you will be my witnesses. See, friends, there's a purpose for the power of the Spirit in our lives. And the purpose of the power of the Spirit is to point to Jesus. That's the purpose. The Spirit moves in power not to make you look good, but to make Jesus look good. This is why the Spirit moves in our life. It's not to make you famous. It's to make Jesus famous. Every miracle, every healing, every quiet move of God in our lives through the power of the Spirit is given so that we can better reflect the glory of God to others. I often say that miracles are arrows that point to something. And they should never point to to us, our goodness. If you ever see a minister or a person out there where they're talking about miracles, talking about the gifts of the Spirit as if they have accomplished it, the arrows are pointed in the wrong direction. God moves by his power to point in one direction, that's to his son, Jesus Christ, because it's through him that all are saved. It's through him that all are redeemed. It's through him that all are forgiven and restored. And so every move of God moves so that there can be greater glory upon himself. I love this quote. I can't remember where I found it, so I wish I could attribute it to somebody, but it's important to know it's not mine But it says this, Christ's likeness is not produced by imitation, but by inhabitation, by allowing Christ to live in and through you. The Bible says in Colossians 1, this is the secret, Christ lives in you. We are ineffective witnesses without the Spirit. In fact, we can do a lot of damage to the name of Jesus without the Spirit of God. We need the power of the Spirit So that the world would know, just think about that John 17 passage which we shared earlier in our service. Lord, let them be one as you and I are one. Fill them with the Spirit so that they will be witnesses, so that people will know, Father, that you have sent me. 
And friends, as you look at the work that Jesus sent his followers to do, it requires the power of the Spirit. We can't do it without the Spirit. Listen to this. In Mark's gospel, it says this. Go into all the world, this is Jesus, and preach the gospel to every creature. We need the Spirit of God for that. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. We need the power of the Spirit for that. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We need the power of the Spirit. It's impossible in our own strength. I love how the Apostle Paul spoke about his own ministry. I love how he gave all the credit and all the glory to the Spirit of God. He took none of it for himself. He believed and knew it was the power of the Spirit that enabled his message to pierce the hearts of people. He knew it was not his apologetics or his hermeneutics or his great speaking ability. He knew it was the power of God that came in and through him. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, My speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is Paul saying, listen, if it were just my words, they'd have no effect whatsoever. If they were coming just out of my ability, out of my wisdom, they would be limited. But no, these words come from from God himself. This gospel message comes from the good news of what Jesus has done. And therefore, there's power on it. Not because they're mine, but because they are his. I want to close by answering this question. How do we unlock the power of God in our life? Maybe all of us are saying right now, yeah, yeah, I believe that God is powerful. I believe that his Holy Spirit is powerful within me. But man, I've struggled to know how to unlock that in my own life. Let me give you three suggestions. How do we unlock the power of God? First, through connection. Through connection. I love in John chapter 15 how Jesus says, I am the true vine. How do we unlock the power of God in our life? We stay connected to the vine. Jesus later on in that passage says, listen, you can do nothing apart from me. But imagine what you can do when you're connected to the vine. What does the vine do? The vine sustains. It holds the branches together. It nourishes. It gives the food that the branches need. And it births new branches. It births fruit on the stems. We need to stay connected to the vine. We need to have connection, intimacy, one-on-one time with Jesus This will unlock the power of God in your life. You might ask, well, where do I start? How do I get started? Usually what I say to that question is, start by saying hello. It would be crazy for me to go through the whole day and never say hello to Becca. It would be rude, wouldn't it? But why do we do that to our God? When we just go through our day, maybe even go through days, maybe even go through weeks and months without saying hello. Hello. How do you unlock the power of God? Every day you turn to the Lord. Early in the morning you say, hello. Jesus, hello. Speak to me through your word, through your spirit. Lord, I'm here. This is what we call the first 20. I want to encourage you to do that. As we're going through the book of Acts right now, you can look at that on our website. Spend those first moments with Jesus. Say hello. Start there connect with him early on in the day. You know, some of you might be asking, you know, man, I've always wanted to go deeper in prayer, knowing how to pray and how to pray for others. 
Do you know here at this church over these 40 years, as we celebrate 40 years in these 40 days, over these 40 years, we've trained over 1,500 people on how to pray. We want to keep training people on how to pray. We've got a great opportunity for you that starts January 26th. It's an online pray, uh, prayer training course. This is going to help you learn how to pray, but also learn how to pray for others. I want to encourage you to register online today. It's seven courses that you can take online. And then there's also a couple opportunities if you are local to come and do some in-person practice as well. But sign up for that today. Stay connected to what the Lord is doing in your life. Second way that we unlock the power is through obedience. Through obedience. I love the story of Philip and how he's just going about his ordinary business. All of a sudden an angel of the Lord comes and says, I need you to go south down the desert road. And then, what does it say in Scripture? It says, so he started out. He didn't have the whole road map. He didn't have the plan A to Z. All he had was, the Lord wants me to go south, so I'm going south. That's what I do. I obey the Lord. The Spirit then comes back to Philip and says, I want you to walk beside the carriage, and I love what Philip does. He runs over, eager to do what the Lord has called him to do. From there, there's a conversion, a, a, a conversation, a conversion, a baptism, and a teleportation. It gets pretty exciting when you obey the Lord. I wonder, friends, what is God saying to you right now? See, the Lord's not calling you just to agree with him. He's calling you to believe him. Don't just agree, believe. What is the Lord calling you to right now? Will you say yes? Your yes will unlock the power of the Spirit in your life. Third and final thing. How do we unlock the power of the Spirit in our life? Through stewardship. We steward the things God has given us. And the Lord uses those things to, to come and move in power. One of the ways that you can unlock the power of the Holy Spirit in your life is by discovering how God has gifted you. He's given each and every one of us gifts by his spirit. How has God gifted you? To take that even further, you steward those gifts. And how do you unlock the power of God? You develop the gifts that he's given you. You invest in those gifts. And then you deploy the gifts. You, you actually march out and you use them. You practice. You step out and, and put to use what God has given you. You know, right now, you might not know what your spiritual gifts are. We need to discover them. You might not know how to um, develop them and deploy them. We want to help you in these 40 days as we celebrate 40 years. We feel that this is critically important. And so on February 5th, we're hosting a Saturday morning seminar that you can attend in person or virtually. It's going to be on the spiritual gifts. We're praying that you'll walk out of that time knowing what God has gifted you with and also knowing how to develop those gifts and deploy those gifts so that you might see heaven come to earth. I want to invite our worship team back forward as we prepare to continue in our time of worship, but I want to share one last thing with you. You might wonder, you know, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? You know, I love how if you go back to Acts chapter 1, after Jesus ascends into heaven, Remember, he tells them, listen, you're going to receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses. Then he ascends to heaven. Now, I would imagine that was quite the scene. 
I would imagine that you would want to look at that. I would imagine that would leave you wondering what's happening. That's exactly what the disciples are doing. They're, they're looking up going, what has just taken place? They have never seen anything like this before. And then an angel of the Lord comes and says this, men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring? <laughs> I love that. It's like the angel saying, listen, stop staring. Listen, show's over, all right? Get going, get moving. You've heard what Jesus said, now get going. I believe the Lord might be saying to us, get going, get going, get on with it. The Spirit will direct, he'll guide, will testify on behalf of Jesus, now get going. Here's what get going can look like. I think from this place, friends, we need to commit to one-on-one time with Jesus. Commit to spending time with him. From there, I think in our times with Jesus, we need to ask. Ask the Lord to fill us each and every day. From there, we need to listen. Spend time in prayer and in his word and listen to what he is saying to you. And when he speaks, the final thing we need to do is obey. Trust that he's gonna do all that he needs to do in and through us. But step out and obey. I believe that if we get going in that way, we are going to see the power of God in and through us like we've never seen before. I pray that that would be true. Let's stand together. Oh Lord, I pray that you would come and that you would settle on us with with your presence. Lord, I pray that you would fill each and every one of us. So Lord, we just come in that posture. Would you fill us? And Lord, I pray that not only would you fill us, but would you move in and through us with power? Oh Lord, would you come in the piano and the forte? However you wish to move, Lord, would you come and move? And Lord, as you move, let it always point to your son, Jesus Christ. That the world would know that you sent him. That the world would know of your great love. That the world would know of their great purpose that you have for them. So Lord, we just pray that you would come and that you would move through power in and through us. Pray all of this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Let's sing together.